0: The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Good morning. I'm not Marty Raleigh, but I'm going to introduce Marty Raleigh. (laughs) Marty and Cindy Raleigh are some of Richie and I's really good friends. They've been good friends of ours for many years. I don't even know how many years it's been, but it's been over a decade. I know that. And... uh, Marty and Cindy have been very instrumental in enriching in our lives and in pouring into our lives and just helping us through lots of things in our lives. And so, Marty is, we are blessed and honored to have Marty and Cindy with us. And Marty's going to be bringing the word this morning. So, can we give him a big warm Amarella Fellowship? Now am I? Yes, thank you. I thought I'd done that right. Thank you, Richie. Sorry about that. Well, thank you all for the opportunity to be here. I uh, always a blessing, and I am just always so thrilled by uh, by how well this church is done. You know, we started working with Richie and Pam back when when you guys were over there on the off of Western, and uh, and even before that, actually, we knew them before that. And this is just so great—the growth and and even beyond that, the spirit of the Lord that just permeates every service and that wasn't that great worship i tell you it's uh these guys are doing a great job so the last word of advice the last word of counsel that my wife gave me when i came up was uh remember that this is a room full of dallas cowboy fans you know and so i said okay sweetheart i'll, I'll obey even though i've been a green bay packer fan since, since the ice bowl in 1967, okay, that's when we started. Pastor, oh, well, there you go, there's, there's some good people out there, no, I'm kidding. So, so Pastor Richie was, was um, I, I was invited to lunch with, with Pam and, and Richie and others, and, and uh, I said, well, I appreciate that, but I really, and this is in a text, I said, but I really would kind of like to get done in time to go watch Green Bay beat Dallas, is what I said in this text. And he wrote me back and said, I can't believe I'm having a Packer fan speak at my church. (laughs) I told him that was very tolerant of him. I appreciate that. But let's jump into the Word this morning. I'm excited about the message that the Lord has given us. I'll tell you what, you all can turn in your Bibles if you want to, um, and I'll get there there in a minute. But it's going to be over in in Matthew 6, okay? I'm going to be talking today about the kingdom of heaven, okay? At the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven and Matthew 6 is where we'll ultimately land but but um, I've been studying this concept of the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of God for and I use those terms interchangeably some commentators say otherwise but I think Matthew likes to use kingdom of heaven the other gospel writers the kingdom of God um, but the idea is that that um, because we live In a democratic republic, right? Because we live in the United States of America, and even more so because we live in the United States of Texas, right? Then, uh, then you know, the idea of of a benevolent king, a king who provides security and provision, a king who provides you know protection and takes care of his subjects, is really kind of foreign to us. You know, I mean, as Americans, our best concept of a monarchy. You know, is like the British uh, royalty, and and all we kind of see them do is just going around living in this fancy palace, and you know everybody catering to their every whims. We don't see the uh, the concept. We can't. It's not all. We're not always able to grasp the idea that at, in God's realm, in God's domain, a king and a kingdom has to do with all of our being. Okay. We're subjects of that king, and so that motivates us in all that we do, but in the meantime, that king provides for us a level of protection, a level of benefit, a level of uh, of peace, if you will, all those kinds of things that we typically look for in government and never find them, right? I mean, not never, but seldom, seldom find those. So what I want to do today is to talk about this idea of the kingdom of God and the kingship of Jesus Christ, right? And so as we do that, I I, I was reminded of this, it was just kind of coincidental over the holidays, we went to uh, the movie The Hobbit. Okay, How many of you saw The Hobbit? Right, there you go. Well, everybody up here saw it, and you guys out there, not so much. Um, But The Hobbit, the, uh, the Battle of the Five Armies, I think, was what this specific episode was about. And this movie, while it had a lot of entertainment value, but it also had a very clear delineation of this idea of kings and kingdoms. That's kind of what was going on, the Battle of the Five Armies. There was these kings and, and kingdoms that were battling and waging war with one another. And all the people were devoted to that. So now if we lived in Middle Earth, right, which is where this all took place, if we lived in Middle Earth, Middle Earth we might be a member of subject of several kings or kingdoms. And we would have a king in our particular kingdom. Some of us might be dwarves, okay? Short little stubby hairy people. <laughs> Women included. We've seen dwarf women; they're hairy as well. But you know, dwarves, we'd be we'd be kind of these little dwarves. We're we're valiant little creatures. We we fight mostly with clubs and 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 uh, hatchets and stuff like that. But we would be members of the dwarf king kingdom, and we would look to Thorin Oakenshield. Right? Am I getting this right? You guys, check me. Thorin Oakenshield. He would be our king. Right? Some of us might be men of the race of men. In which case, later on, this is Lord of the Rings stuff. We would be led by Aragorn, son of Arathorn, who is kind of like the big hero of the Lord of the Rings. People like myself would probably be member of the elven race. You insiders get that. They're very beautiful people, right? Very ethereal, valiant, you know, nice looking, clear complexions, kind of walk around with a little glow around, around them. You know, but whichever kingdom of middle Earth that we would be a part of, that's where our allegiance would lie, right? That's where our devotion would, would be bestowed. And we would look to our king for leadership and guidance and direction and protection and all those things, right? And so back 2,000 years ago, by the way, I came to your Christmas program. It was phenomenal. It always is. I think it gets better I think it gets better every year. But if you think about it the idea of celebrating Christmas is really a celebration of the introduction of a new kingdom here on earth. The idea was that God wanted to bestow His kingdom, uh, to install His kingdom, essentially, here on earth so that He would reside among men and that those who choose to accept His Son, the King, and choose to devote their allegiance to Him would then enjoy the benefits of being a part of that kingdom right we one of the scriptures that we look at a lot in in uh, around christmas time is in isaiah 9 6 i think i think we have this let me read it you can turn to your in your bibles if you want to isaiah 9 6 says this for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given And the government will be upon his shoulder. The kingdom, the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. is what is prophesied 700 years before that first Christmas, Isaiah prophesied this from the Lord. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice and judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this okay so even way back 700 years ago before that or 700 years before that very first christmas there was a pronouncement that there would be a king who would come and who would be born here on earth and he would begin the process of setting up his kingdom And he would give those who would believe on him and receive him that opportunity to become a subject of that kingdom. Now, if we had time to study it, we would go back and look and we would recognize that this promise in Isaiah is a fulfillment of a covenant that God made with David. It's called the Davidic covenant. And what God said was, David, if you'll follow me with all your heart, which he did, you'll follow me with all your heart, then of your throne there shall be no end we'll continue on with that so that whenever jesus came in that manger in bethlehem two thousand plus years ago when he came he was fulfilling a promise that god had made to david that there would be an establishment of this kingdom okay and so jesus comes and if you study the christmas story it's just full of all kinds of royal kingly types of indicators the magi right the magi came and it's about two years later, probably, but, but but they come and they say, "Where is the he, he who is born King of the Jews? We saw his star rising in the east, and so we, we've come to worship him." And so it was customary that whenever a king, a new king was installed, that royalty from other nations would come and would bring gifts, to form a form of tribute to this new king. And that's what we see that all throughout the Christmas story. All that was happening was God ushering in and introducing the, the realm of Christ, the kingdom of God here on earth. Okay. So then the question becomes, is it for now? Uh, do we have to wait until we get to heaven before we, we partake of this kingdom, before we participate in it? Or do we have to wait for Jesus to come again before that kingdom is, is, is established? Kind of yes and yes, okay? Kind of yes and yes, but that's what I want to understand. Help us understand to clear up a couple of misunderstandings. And the first is, many people think that the kingdom of God is only in heaven. That it's only whenever we die that we go and, and enjoy the benefits of all of that. But in Matthew 6, Matthew 6, Jesus tells his disciples to pray like this. They said, Master, how, how are we to pray? He says, Thy Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven right on earth as it is in heaven and so jesus is teaching his disciples to begin to pray that the kingdom of god would be manifest among men that we would begin to see it and enjoy it that it would be a part of our existence here on earth as well as in heaven Okay. He said here, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is on earth as it is in heaven. It is in heaven that the kingdom of God is in its fullness. It is displayed fully and totally and completely in heaven. But when we go to the Lord in prayer, invoking the name of Jesus, right by the authority and the power and the right of the name of Jesus, when we go and we say, Father, may your will be done in me and with me, and around me, then what we are doing is we are partaking of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Kingdom of God. See, because the kingdom of God essentially is manifest, it's shown whenever the will of God is done in the lives of his followers, and in the homes, and in the churches, and in the schools, and in the government, and in all of those places in which his presence is manifest. Okay? And so yes, we'll come into the fullness of that heaven, uh, of, of the kingdom, when, when we die and go to heaven. There'll be no more tears, no more sorrow, you know, there'll be glory and we'll be glorified in our bodies. Yes, we will come into the fullness of that when we go to heaven. But in the meantime, we're charged by our king, Jesus Christ, we're charged to begin to usher in and to pray that the, his kingdom would be manifest in our lives. In everything that we do amen okay so the second thing that we think about a lot of times when we're talking about the kingdom of god is that okay that's going to be it's only going to be established whenever jesus returns the second time for his second coming in his triumphant entry and as, as he comes and establishes his reign here on earth and again yes and yes that is, that is correct i believe people believe differently and this is marty's opinion humble yet accurate opinion okay this is my this is my opinion and that is that i believe there'll come a time when jesus will literally return to earth and that he will set up his throne and his kingdom here on earth he will reign out of jerusalem and he will reign for a period of a thousand years it's called the thousand year millennial reign of christ What that's called okay and that's one version of end events you know you study yours but that's what i believe So, but I believe that there will come a time when we will literally, all nations, it says, this is in Revelation, all nations will worship, worship the king and will worship him. His, his kingdom will be established. But simply because the completion of his kingdom will occur when he returns, doesn't mean that we can't begin to walk in his kingdom today. Okay? See, they're not mutually exclusive. Today, they do exist in the hearts and in the the realm of believers who choose to allow that kingdom to operate in their lives. That's how it operates now. Then there will be a literal, not a figurative, a literal, I believe, throne and a literal place where Jesus will rule and reign. Okay, so, so no, we don't have to wait till heaven to begin to experience it, but yes, heaven will be the fullness. No, we don't have to wait till the second coming for the kingdom to be established, but yes, that's when it will be fully established here on earth okay so then the question becomes um what does it mean then to be a citizen of the kingdom of god and how do we come become members of that kingdom okay let me give you an example um, from that just occurred here a, a few weeks ago in my bible study okay when we're talking about what does it mean to be a member of the kingdom um I, I i lead a tuesday morning bible study uh seven o'clock Coldwell bankers you all are free to come uh, it's mostly businessmen, you know, it, it's guys of all different walks of life and all different economic levels, okay? But, but, uh, but these are a bunch of business guys, and Tuesday mornings we come in and they argue with me, basically, about what it is I'm teaching. That, that's kind of how the format works. And um, So anyway, but so, so we, a while back, it, it came to our attention that there were like 45 to 50 homeless kids who were, att- who, who were attending one of our middle schools here in Amarillo. It was kind of a shock to us that there would, you know, actually be this large a number of of homeless middle schoolers who are attending one of these one of our uh, middle schools. So it kind of touched our hearts. So a couple of the men said, "Well, why don't we just let's kind of organize a fun drive? Let's let's uh, just among us us guys and let's try to get enough money to where we can make their Christmas, you know, a lot more blessed and a lot more enjoyable." And so we did. So over the course of about four weeks or so, we just brought offerings, kind of collected everything. In the meantime, the the folks we were working with at the school went and asked these kids, so if you could get what you wanted for Christmas, what would you want? Because we said, put together a wish list. We'd like to go buy them what they specifically want. Almost invariably, the responses we would get back was, well, my little brother really needs new shoes you know well my sister you know doesn't have a nice dress to wear you know to these different things my mom really needs you know we need coats and blankets for for the family it was that kind of stuff it wasn't like you know an ipad and that it was it was those kinds of things when we finally would get through the layers of other people's needs that these these are these are little homeless kids who are living either in shelters with their families in shelters or or in cars or, or wherever, you know, when we finally got through the level of everyone else's needs, they would say, Well, yeah, I could use, you know, I could use a nice pair of pants, or I could use a shirt or something like that. Just, I mean, touched our hearts. So we went, we collected the money and and had the wish list, and I'm proud to say that these guys in our life group raised over eleven thousand dollars for these kids. Yeah. And it was and, and we were able then to meet those needs of those, of those kids and their families. Now, that's the kingdom of God being manifest here on earth. I mean, that's, that's it. We're, that's where the rubber meets the road. That is a group of men saying, Lord, what would you have us to do? And this is when making the sacrifice to do it. And then giving it to these kids. And these kids are saying, I want to meet someone else's needs first before I meet my own but then once I get my family's needs met then then you can go ahead and meet my needs see that's that's the operation of the kingdom right and that that's how that how an example of that okay so you all have been waiting patiently in Matthew 6 so let's go there and talk about this in Matthew 6 Jesus spends by the way this is kind of his first sermon this is his first introduction this is the the, continuation of the sermon on the mount right the beatitudes are earlier than this and then in this part, Jesus spends a lot of time teaching about his kingdom. And that's what this is all about. And in Matthew 6, 25, starting there, he says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. All right, kind of hits us right there. Look at the birds of the air, for they never neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father... Feeds them are you not of more value than they which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature now as a kid growing up that meant a lot to me right now i don't care about growing but some commentators translate that to say which translation or some translations say which of you can add one hour to your life it's a lot more important to me now than it used to be growing tall right now i'm more concerned about yeah can i can add and he said which of you can worry can do that you can't So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, right, invoking the kingship, Solomon the son of David, the continuation of the Davidic kingdom, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Let's just pause right here a minute and kind of digest what we've just read jesus is essentially reminding us that life is a lot more than just our material needs but that we don't have to worry about our material needs the reason we don't have to worry about the basic essentials the material needs of our life is because our king is the creator of the universe (laughs) pretty cool our king is the king he's the king of kings he's the lord of lords there's no other king above him and look how he created the birds of the air. They just flit around, have a good time. You ever watch birds out the window? Just have a good time. They don't care, you know. They're just flying around. And doesn't he take care of them? That's what he's asking, you know. And, and how about the lilies of the field? If you're worried about what you look like, if you're concerned about your appearance, what you wear, look at, the, look at these beautiful flowers. Look how beautiful they are. They don't worry about it. They neither toil nor spin. You know, they don't worry about getting clothes and going to Dillard's and picking up. They said, no, it's all there. It's all taken care of because your king your king is the creator of the universe he made the birds of the air look how he takes care of them he created the flowers of the field look how good they are clothed so why are you worried about that Duh, right i am a worrier i come from a long line of warriors. okay i've been i worry i'm, I'm one of the best warriors around you know i just that's what i battle but but if i just stopped and realized wait a minute i've got a king who's going to take care of all this I've got I've got the creator of the universe who's looking out for me in every respect why don't I just rest in the fact that he's going to meet my needs and then I pay more attention to furthering his kingdom Duh, that's kind of it I'm I'm more I'm more concerned about life in the sense of how are we doing spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ how are we doing and ministering to people around me right how are my kids doing all the things that have to do with furthering the kingdom of God he doesn't want me worrying about the basics all day every day that's kind of what that teaches right so then he says verse 31 therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for after all these things the gentiles seek okay who are the gentiles not to be too crass but they're the orcan kingdom okay (laughs) middle earth they're the orcs there are those who are without God, okay? Bless them. We ought to try to save the orcs as much as we can. They need it. Bad breath, whole ugly teeth thing. But, but you know, those are those who are outside the kingdom. Those are those who are outside the kingdom. So how about those, we, by the way, no, we're not born naturally Jews, we're engrafted into the kingdom because we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we're members of the kingdom by adoption, okay, essentially. But he's saying those that are outside the kingdom, that's what they seek after. But for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Very important point here for Marty, all of us who worry. If your heavenly Father knows about your needs, and he knows everything, okay. if he knows about your needs and he knows everything, then you can count on those needs being met. Isn't that what this is saying? I mean, I'm not trying to read anything. Your father, your father knows you have needs of the, need of these things, so don't worry about them. And so the, the implication there is, okay, if he knows I have need of them, then he's going to meet my needs. Why? Because he's my king and I'm his, I'm his child. I'm his subject. I'm in his kingdom. Okay? So Jesus is assuring us of, of that fact. Cindy and I experienced this probably five or six years ago. Okay? Uh, we had both lost our jobs fairly suddenly, um, and our, we went from both having pretty good incomes to like having that much right zero um and so we were in the process of of uh, i was going to start a, i did start a mediation practice and and uh, cindy went to work as well but we didn't have very much money and we had one kid that had just graduated from college uh, so student loans were kind of kicking in we'd agreed to help him uh, with that then we had another kid who was just about finishing up college and then my daughter teresa had just graduated from amarillo high and uh, Teresa, all her life, had wanted to study music theater. She's just one, she's an actress, she's just a singer, that's what she always wanted to do. And uh, she had applied for a music theater, really kind of, I believe, the best music theater uh, college in the country at Oklahoma City University, and uh, had got in. Okay? And this was like a very competitive audition, there were, I don't remember how many kids uh, auditioned, and there were like 40 or 50 slots, and Teresa got one of them. And I can remember when she came, Oh, well, we got in. I got in. I was going, Oh boy, praise God. How do I pay for this? <laughs> right? Uh, it's a hefty, hefty, hefty cent sack. It's a it's a, big, it's a big bill. And uh, and I'm going I'm rejoicing with her, but you know, the worry Marty kicks in, and I'm going, Okay, how are we gonna meet this need? Well, it happens. Sydney and Teresa were very diligent about looking for scholarships and trying to trying to apply for everything they could. And there was a scho- <laughs> there was a scholarship over there called the Clara Looper Scholarship for Multicultural Studies. Okay? And, and it was designed for those demographics who were underrepresented at Oklahoma City University. okay. Well, Now, my daughter is a blonde-headed, blue-eyed white girl, right, from Amarillo, Texas. And so I'm thinking, I don't know that that's particularly underrepresented at Oklahoma City University, but we're going to apply for the scholarship anyway. And it was a full ride, okay? It was a full ride. And so Teresa applied for the scholarship, went over, did the whole interviews, did the whole thing, and we waited. Then we waited, and we waited, and we waited. And so this is about June, right? And when she's supposed to go ahead and start in August. And we still hadn't heard anything. And I can remember I was sitting at the downtown athletic club getting ready to go in and and, uh, work out. Yes, I do work out. As a matter of fact, (laughs) in case you're wondering. haven't haven't in a while, but I do, so. Anyway, so I'm sitting there, <laughs> I'm sitting there, yeah, Daniel going, yeah, right, look at you, Daniel, Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, I mean, I'm just saying, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this. The last thing a dad wants to do is disappoint his daughter, am I right? You know, and this has been her dream forever. She had auditioned and everything, been except I thought, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And it just kind of occurred to me that he knew of my need, right? he knew. I mean, it wasn't just, it, it was just shortly after that, that Teresa calls, and she's crying. I'm probably going to start crying, and telling the story. She's crying, and I know what it means. She said, Dad, I got, got the Claire Looper scholarship, right? Yeah, $100,000 $100, deal. It's like, thank you, Lord. And, you know, Teresa Rowley may be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Caucasian female, but she's also a citizen of the kingdom of God, Right? and god knows she had need of those things and god knew her parents had need of those things and he came through right he came through and so at that point i always hearken back to that when i'm whatever the situation is whatever it is that i'm trying to trying to work through i come back and i realize god knows i have need of those things and he meets those needs amen praise god he does that for the citizens of his kingdom that's where it is okay very quickly we'll we'll move along here i'll I'll finish up um So the final question how do we become citizens of his kingdom right what it means it means peace it means security it means provision it means all the things that a a benevolent king provides for his kids right and his subjects but how do you how do we enter in i want to turn very quickly to john three because this is where jesus is talking to nicodemus right the very first episode of nick at night Uh, okay Okay. old old joke you guys are going what's nick at night anybody all right nicodemus right a ruler of the pharisees comes to jesus at night he comes to him secretly because he's a little bit ashamed of the fact that he's going to talk to the rabbi because he's a big ruler guy right in verse three jesus says he's asking jesus about where his authority come from jesus says "Um, most assuredly i say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of god unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of god might underline that C there a minute. Nicodemus said to him, How could a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Kind of a subtle difference there, but a very deliberate difference. You can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're born of water and the Spirit. Very quickly, what I believe that's saying is that when you're talking, Jesus is talking about being born of water, he's talking about repenting of your sins and receiving him as Lord and Savior. Yeah, okay, as Savior. Let's put it that way. Receiving him as Savior. That's represented by baptism. Baptism in water. It's a repentance. It's a turning away from. It's a cleansing from sin. Right? And that's what he's talking about, being born of water. Don't think he's talking about being born of a woman, you know, and with, with the water. I don't think that's that some people, some commentators say that it doesn't make sense. Jesus wouldn't say, well, unless you're born and you're born of the Spirit, because we're all born, who's he talking to, right? So I think he's talking about unless you're born of water, unless you repent of your sins, turn away from that, and accept Christ as your Savior, then that's what's necessary to see the kingdom of God, to be at a place where you can perceive it, see right to be in a place where you can see the kingdom of god you have to be born again but if you really want to enter into the kingdom if you want to begin to experience it if you want it to be relevant to your life if you want it to be a part of every part of your being like he's he's charging us to do you have to be born of water and of the spirit now when you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior the holy spirit comes in and lives inside of you you don't get part of him and then get filled up later right you, you you have all of the holy spirit and he's all of you but you don't really yield to him you don't really allow the holy spirit to begin to to operate in in the fullness until until you're born of the spirit until you say okay holy spirit i, I just, i'd give myself over to you okay i give myself over to you and when we begin to allow the holy spirit here's what i want you to hear we'll we'll finish up when we begin to allow the holy spirit lead us and guide us and direct us when we utilize all of the power and the gifts of the holy spirit right whenever we begin to walk in and operate in everything that the holy spirit means in our lives then we begin to enter into the kingdom. And you just kind of look around, it's like just the eyes, uh, Paul says, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that's what, he, that's what he calls it, that a spirit of wisdom and revelation would be upon you. And so when you get to that point where the Holy Spirit begins to fully operate in your life, then that's whenever you go, whoa, this is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God. I walk in His will, I, I'm led in His direction, I'm, I'm bestowing blessings and gifts upon other people that's how the kingdom of god operates okay so the way that we become thank you the way that we become the way we become able to perceive the kingdom to even begin to glimpse it to begin to see it is to receive jesus christ as your lord and savior when you do that you're a subject of the kingdom you're a subject of the king you became a child of the most high god at that point but then the way you enter into it and begin to fully experience it is to accept the, accept the holy spirit and to allow him to just begin to operate and move in your life. Amen? Amen? Okay, here's the summary, right? Let me encourage you. The kingdom of God was introduced into this realm, into this realm, right, many years ago at that first Christmas. Okay? Since then, anyone who chooses to accept Christ, anyone who chooses to accept Christ and receive his gift of salvation has the opportunity to see that kingdom. Okay? You have the opportunity to perceive it, to see it. And to those who will submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, who will allow God's presence to be real and dynamic in your life, then we have the opportunity to enter into the kingdom and receive the fullness of the presence of God in your life in everyday everyday activities. Amen? So, I just want to pray for you. This has been a presentation of Amarola Fellowship a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.